It's another edition of the Erie County Medical Center podcast series, True Care HealthCast. Here's Bill Klaproth. The Dental Service on ECMC's Health Campus offers a full scope of general dentistry for adults and their families. Here to talk more about ECMC Dentistry, Oral Oncology, and Maxillofacial Prosthetic Services is Dr. Maureen Sullivan, Chief of Department of Dentistry, Division of Oral Oncology, and Maxillofacial Prosthetics at Erie County Medical Center. Dr. Sullivan, thanks for your time. So can you inform us of the different types of dental treatments and procedures you perform at ECMC Dentistry? Sure. First of all, I'd like to thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our department. I'm quite proud of it. Um, With regards to uh, general dentistry, we have a um, very large dental clinic in the main hospital of um, um, the Erie County Medical Center. We have um, a general practice residency program where we train um, residents to take care of all facets of dentistry. So, for example, a patient may have urgent dental needs um, where they, you know, are in pain, have toothaches, what have you, um, or they may um, more ideally come in regularly for general dental care for their cleanings, their fillings, um, pr- um, crown and bridge, uh, dentures, what have you, implants. Um, probably the only thing that we don't do um, here is general orthodontics and um, regular dental care for children. Okay, so you cover all the grounds that a normal dentist would cover as far as, like you said, checkups or someone needing a crown or a filling or cleaning or even urgent dental needs. So when it comes to then oral oncology, what types of cancers can arise in the mouth? Many people may not understand this or know about this. So tell us about that, Dr. Sullivan. Well, uh, oral oncology, our our department is uh, quite robust. We have... um, oral oncologists, dentists that are trained in the diagnosis of oral and head and neck cancers. So we have, um, let's say, about eight dentists that um, screen every day for oral cancer. Dr. Jennifer Frustino, who's a DDS PhD in our department, has an oral cancer screening program where she uses various uh, technologies to try and identify uh, cancers early in patients uh, that are high risk for oral and head and neck cancers. Um, so what, what is ideal is if um, a patient has um, an unusual lesion that's identified by their general dentist or an ENT or their um, primary care physician, they refer the patient to us and um, we'll make every attempt to uh, biopsy and uh, get a diagnosis um, because the earliest um, these uh, cancers are uh, found, uh, the better the outcome. So early diagnosis, so, very important. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned patients high at risk? Who would be high at risk for oral cancer? Well, a lot of uh, patients that have um, uh, smoked cigarettes and um, or um, had a history of alcohol abuse, especially a combination of the two, are at higher risk for an oral or head and neck cancer. Uh, Patients that have had a previous head and neck cancer or a patient who has had a long-standing uh, lesion in their mouth or oral cavity, uh, we would follow them um, for um, um, being someone who is, is at higher risk of developing a cancer. Um, so depending upon um, that risk and our level of suspicion, we will follow them and roll them in the cancer screening program. We'll see them often. Um, the patients that have had, uh, for example, a previous uh, cancer elsewhere, such as a patient with uh, lung cancer, uh, cancers of the upper aerodigestive tract, they would be at high risk also for a head and neck cancer. 
So how does your dental team diagnose and treat these types of cancers? Well, initially, um, the, um, the most important thing is to establish a diagnosis. So what we may do is uh, take one biopsy or several biopsies, uh, depending on the type of lesion that we found, and um, 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 send it to a pathologist that we work with and um, has um, uh, in-depth knowledge uh, for head and neck and oral cancers. So getting a good diagnosis um, uh, first is, is, is uh, tantamount to getting um, treated quickly. So um, once we have a cancer diagnosis, we would order further imaging, like a CAT scan or an MRI, and then we would speak with one of the head and neck surgeons for um, how we could get the patient treated promptly. So, Dr. Sullivan, what is maxillofacial prosthetics? It sounds like if someone has had an oral cancer and there's a surgery of the mouth, you come in with a prosthetic. Can you explain this to us? Am I in the right ballpark? Oh, sure. Oh, you're in the park. You're in the park. <laughs> um, so a patient, let's say, who has a cancer of their upper jaw or of their lower jaw, what uh, might be required following the removal is to replace the native tissues with a prosthesis. I'll give you an example. If, you're, if a cancer is found in the um, posterior aspect of your hard palate or the anterior aspect, it, it, you may have difficulties um, controlling um, saliva or having difficulty with speech. You might have compromised swallowing. So we would be asked to uh, provide a prosthetic that would enable the patient um, to function um, um, uh, better and more efficiently following the, uh, following the surgery. So they may have a prosthesis immediately uh, the day of surgery where we would modify that uh, frequently until the patient is completely healed or completed other therapies such as chemotherapy and radiation. And then once the patient has um, 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 recovered from these uh, additional therapies, then we would make them a definitive prosthesis. So that's, that's, a, that's a type of intraoral prosthesis. Another type of prosthetic that the maxillofacial prosthodontist um, fabricate our extraoral prosthesis. You can also get um, cancers of the head and neck, of the nose, uh, or of the ear, for example, and a, uh, a flap might not be the most ideal way to replace the tissues that are lost. So we would fabricate a prosthetic ear, a prosthetic nose, and sometimes um, a prosthetic eye. That's amazing. And you have an in-house lab outfitted to make various maxillofacial prosthetics? Oh, oh yeah. Um, so we have a full-time um, uh, laboratory technician. Um, actually, um, he's, he's not only one of the most gifted technicians I've ever worked with, but he's pretty much one of the greatest guys I've ever met, um, Ed Polinsky. But anyhow, um, Ed, is uh, he runs our lab, and we also have three maxillofacial prosthodontists, Terry McLean, Amanda Kolbeck, and uh, we just hired um, Paul Canelanos, who just finished training in UCLA. Um, and they're... they're um, really a highly uh, skilled and highly trained team to uh, fabricate, you know, design at the front end. We, we try to get uh, um, the best um, um, uh, prosthetic we can make is when we're involved with the head and neck surgeons, um, the radiation oncologists, um, the speech and swallowing therapists, all the, all the team um, at the front end of diagnosis so that we have the best um, um, ability to uh, fabricate the best fitting prosthetic for the patient. And when a patient we is fitted team. with it... Uh, it sounds like it. It's amazing. So when a patient is fitted with a prosthetic, is that something, okay, well, you know, do you follow up with them or are they pretty much set for the rest of their life? What happens? Is there wear and tear where you have to adjust it or remake it years down the road? How does that work? Well, in order for it to uh, function well uh, um, um, and, and look good, um, they need um, um, regular care. So I'll give you an example. So if a patient has an intraoral prosthetic, 
they may have several iterations before the final is made, and then once the final prosthesis is made, they may undergo changes post-surgical and just changes over time to the remaining dentition or what have you um, that they might have to have frequent adjustments. And that's why we're here. That's why there's so many of us. We have so many patients that need ongoing care. And um, not only that, but if they suffered a cancer, um, which caused the prosthesis, then we would be on guard constantly to be looking for any further uh, malignancies. But yes, um, um, prosthetics need uh, constant um, uh, maintenance and um, after a number of years, um, remakes. Um, And that's what we do. Um, For extra oral prosthesis, such as a uh, a prosthetic nose or a prosthetic ear, um, just wear and tear um, uh, exposure to the elements um, it would have to be replaced every few years, and uh, we're happy to do that. Quite a program and quite a team. And Dr. Sullivan, what else do we need to know about ECMC dentistry? Well, I think um, I think for the future, we're um, expanding our program. We're moving into a dental clinic, hopefully the beginning of September at the Buffalo General um, uh, Hospital at Kaleida. Um, our partners at Great Lakes Health, and we're looking forward to uh, providing care for their inpatients, their um, their employees, uh, the patients that um, that uh, have um, um, no ability to have general dental care there, and also um, they have a large emergency room that will support. They have skilled nursing facilities that will support. So we're looking forward to opening up the clinic there and expanding our program once again. What a great service. Dr. Sullivan, thank you so much for your time today. For more information on ECMC Dentistry, just visit ecmc.edu. That's ecmc.edu. This is the True Care HealthCast from Erie County Medical Center. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.